Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Bill Kay. He is CEO of BMKD. And we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the cannabis space from a brand point of view, how companies are going to market, how companies are thinking about strategy. Bill has got a background in pharmaceutical and branding, but we're going to talk about cannabis and how companies are approaching this, particularly around what's going on in the market in the particularly the CBD industry. Big changes with the farm health bill or the farm bill in 2018 and changing the kind of landscape of CBD, making this now legal to produce and to process and to sell in the U.S., uh, but there are some challenges still, so we're going to dig into it and understanding what the market's looking like, how it's developing, how companies kind of learn from how consumers are really kind of thinking about and treating this as a new product. With that, Bill, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Let's learn a little bit about you and your background before we kind of dig into the, the intricacies of cannabis and CBD. How did you get into the space? What was the um, what were you doing professionally and how did cannabis come around for you? So I was, was um, VP executive creative director for one of the McCann agencies for a long time. And uh, we were focused on pharmaceutical and, and advertising in that space. And um, some of the things that you kind of take away from that are the the legal and sort of, you know, 
regulatory intricacies of of doing work for a drug, you know, with with a lot of rules around it. About six or seven years ago, we opened our own agency and, you know, we continued to work in the pharma space. But about a year or two ago, we sort of started pulling away from doing specific drug work, both on product and in, uh, in managed care, and began to focus on more just brand development as a, you know, as a service instead of a product type thing. So um, we kind of about a year ago began doing research in CBD just because um, one of my clients brought us out to a show called Nax, and I noticed that there was a small booth there around CBD. This client is in uh, food service, you know, specifically C stores. And then we, we happened to go back to the show, you know, about a year later and realized that that one booth had turned into an entire pavilion and essentially <laughs> took over the show. Yeah. So clearly that's a good indicator that there's some growth in that space. So that really kind of sparked our interest in, in CBD and, and even the THC side of it. So we began to do a little research. And I think one of our sort of our initial learnings was that it really is the Wild West. And that's not, you know, an unknown thing. You know, it's a new industry, but what clicked for me was the pharmaceutical background and trying to figure out a way to overlay some of those things we learned with dealing with regulatory teams for new drugs and you know things coming out of the FDA mm-hmm. and how there's such a lack of that in the CBD space. So clearly it's not federally legal. So, you know, there's not going to be a lot of research, but, you know, you begin to draw some comparisons and think about how the CBD space relates to pharmaceutical and even other things outside of, of pharmaceutical and even outside their own box. So one of the comparisons that we actually drew was was the diamond industry. You know, and you, you, before De Beers kind of, you know, created this standard for evaluating diamonds, you know, mm-hmm. way back when, that's not necessarily what you wouldn't have paid a whole lot of money for a diamond or maybe it wouldn't be an engagement ring or something like that. But but essentially they developed a brand to build a standard around evaluating diamonds. And I thought to myself, wow. CBD really needs the same kind of a thing. And there are some some standards out there. It's really more on the THC side of thing. But when you take that idea of a standard and you think about how a regulatory team works, we started to think about how we can position that as an agency. And I think where we are now is really we're trying to develop a true value proposition as an agency and on how to stand out in the marketplace and how to sort of position ourselves a little bit differently than folks that are just going after CBD business just because it's a hot topic. So we began writing some perspective pieces and one of the sort of core things that we try to sell now when we have these conversations are what we call the green triangle. And if you just sort of think about a triangle, mm-hmm. on the bottom two corners, you'd have quality and you'd have efficacy. And then at the top, you'd have cost, right? Okay. Now, why are those three things there? It's really because one of the biggest barriers for CBD and the sale of CBD is the cost, right? It's very expensive. So, and it's also very hard to justify cost because you can't truly measure quality and you can't truly measure efficacy. So for marketing agencies like myself and others, it's really important to position yourself around proving quality and efficacy so that you can justify cost. When you, you think about how to do that, you realize what you really need is is a true regulatory committee, you know, to justify how potent a product is, right? And and how does that happen? You know, well, it doesn't happen by a bunch of uh, stoners sitting around saying, hey, I tried this and it really feels great. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can't say, hey, you know, I can prove the quality because my aunt said it helped her with her, you know, with her back. Yeah. Uh, just doesn't work that way when you want to make claims. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of the 
the driving force between you know why you would pay so much money for something. You've got to be able to prove a claim. Now, I've tried CBD you know, tons of times, and I can tell you that in some cases it works, in some cases it doesn't. It really depends on the brand. Yeah. But without that standard, it becomes very hard to have that conversation and you know prove your value. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of takes you to another place when you think about the industry as a whole and how people talk about it. CBD is, is obviously sort of you know, like an offshoot of THC and cannabis, but they're very different markets altogether. The people that will be willing to try CBD are definitely not the same people that would be willing to try cannabis as a sort of a, as a first line treatment for something, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Although people that are, are cannabis users will, of course, you know, they'll definitely try CBD. There's, there's not a, a problem there. Yeah. So you kind of have this sort of newbie audience that is looking for proof. And I think a barrier for them is because CBD comes from that sort of cannabis world, there's an air of well, you know, there's, it's kind of like street, right? So the way people talk about it, they still, I think, you know, it's okay to talk about cannabis right now, but they're still using street language. So it kind of makes yeah. the industry feel a little immature. Mm-hmm. So another area that we're trying to work on besides this green triangle is changing the lexicon of how you talk about this industry as a whole, whether it be CBD or cannabis. You know, you can't talk about it like you did when you were in high school. You know, you can't talk about quantity the way you talk about it. You can't talk about quality the way you talk about it. So it's really there's a huge opportunity, I think, for agencies to to change the language, you know, change the lexicon, start to think about products truly from the quality and efficacy standpoint, not just because it's a hot topic and you could go out and grab a lot of business quick. Yeah, There will be, over the next couple of years, big changes in the industry, whether it be CBD or, or cannabis. I think CBD will sort of you know slowly grow and you it will be treated more as a nutraceutical type business where okay. cannabis will have more drastic changes just because of the psycho effective the things yeah. that would happen if you smoke pot, basically. Yeah. But in both of those cases, you know, we've got to sort of mature up the, you know, the business and be able to talk about it like it's like it's real. Yeah. I'm curious, kind of going back to your pharmaceutical, you know, background and experience. I mean, how I guess how much of your kind of experience in pharmaceutical has translated to the cannabis market? Like how how, in in what ways are they guess are they similar? And then in what ways are they different? I'm just kind of it's a fascinating discussion I find with pharmaceutical folks. Yeah. It's easier to talk about how they're similar. So they're similar in the sense that when you put something in your body that affects your body chemistry, Mm -hmm. there are ways to measure it. There are ways to talk about it and there are ways to evaluate, you know, how it's working in your body. Uh So when I talk about changing the lexicon, you know, and I talk about sort of maturing up the, you know, the conversation, if, you know, in pharmaceutical, let's just say cannabis was a legal drug, you know, and and pharma companies were on board and they were making drugs around it, you would have something called an MOA, right? It would be sort of like an animation or a video or some demonstration of how the drug works inside of your body, right? Mm -hmm. Then you would have, you would have a team that is able to get behind the claims that you would want to talk about. So if, you know, cannabis was proven to be effective for inflammation or upset stomach, you would be able to prove that in several ways. You'd be able to prove it through showing the science in an MOA. You'd be able to prove it through showing the science in published papers, through research. All of these things all lead to proving a claim. 
once you get to a proven claim, then you can go out and market it. And then it becomes worth the value of what you're spending. So if you take that same process of proving, essentially, that's what it is, we're proving quality and efficacy, it's exactly what you do in pharma. You would do the same thing, you know, in, you know, in this industry. Yeah. So and how, and, and so in terms of the differences, both from, uh, I guess, how, uh, what makes it hard to apply kind of the basic pharmaceutical marketing techniques to the cannabis industry? Like why, what starts coming up if you start, you know, just approaching it from that lens? So so the core of how pharmaceutical drugs are approved is through the FDA, which is a federal federal agency. And, you know, cannabis and CBD are not federally legal Mm -hmm. anywhere. So they're not going to get behind it, which leaves the door open for other entities to do that type of research. And who do you think? Yeah, who is currently playing that role, either on a on a formal or a pseudo basis? So, so there are not many people willing to play that role because I think when you get to that level of commitment, you know, for research, it's a roll of the dice. Because yep. what if it doesn't all become legal, right? So now you've just invested a ton of research and, and a ton of you know manpower and brain power into something that's just going to get shut down. Yeah. So I think what the world is waiting for is another year or two just to see how far this all goes. Yeah. I'm sure if it does reach that breaking point where it looks like it'll all be legal, then you will see a lot of federal agencies jump on it or they'll develop something or maybe FDA will actually be the one that goes ahead and, you know, and starts to test and evaluate this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But until then, it's going to be, unfortunately, we're going to have a very uh, unstructured market when it comes to being able to really tell what products are effective, which products are of quality. Yeah. That's, and that's really where I feel the opportunity is because, um, until that point, there is a huge opportunity for a more mature group willing to do the research or at least put some sort of a process behind, you know, how you evaluate and, you know, and make claims Yeah. because the business, it's not going to go away. You know, CBD isn't necessarily going away. There's, it's a <laughs> yeah. huge market. You know, yeah. it's growing by the billions every year. Cannabis is not going to go away. Maybe it's not legal here. It might be legal somewhere else. The business will always be there. So that's where I think the opportunity is. Somebody needs to grab hold of that sort of big empty space right now. And, and that empty space is going to be the proof to take this forward. Yeah. And do you see, I'm, I'm curious about your kind of analysis of the THC world or the product set and the, the CBD. I mean, do you think CBD is kind of a stepping stone or is like is, is, a, is a broader market no, for I, people? Yeah, I don't see it as a stepping stone. I really see it as a separate business. Okay. So, you know, CBD to me is a doorway to many other things, right? So CBD is, is an additive. Let's look at it that way. Okay. You know, it's got its pure form. You could, you know, buy tinctures and, you know, hope that they do what they say they do, that they do. But, you know, it's also in cosmetics. It's in pet food. You know, it's in lots of different things. Yeah. It's in shampoo. I mean, I remember I had this epiphany a, about a year ago. I was walking around in, in a bed, bath and beyond, yeah. you know, and there was an end cap with nothing but half empty shelves of CBD products. And they were half empty because every mom in there was buying them. <laughs> so somehow, you know, they've penetrated that market and people are willing to try. And, um, and why do you think that is? Like, what what is it about CBD that's being communicated out to these folks that that is causing that that interest? Yeah, I think the reason is because, you know, it's 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 known that CBD does not have have the psychoanalytic psychoanalytical properties that mm-hmm. that THC does. So it kind of makes it feel okay. 
Got so it. I think that's the general knowledge out there that, you know, well, CBD is okay. And, you know, I hear it does this and I hear it does that. I'm not going to get in trouble for it. It's not really illegal like marijuana is illegal. So why not give it a try? And hell, if they're selling it in a product that I can buy in Bed Bath & Beyond, it yeah. must be okay. <laughs> How bad could it be? <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. so I think that's where I think it's a little bit of a novelty for people, right? Because um, you could just go buy it in any smoke shop. You yeah. know, you can, you can buy it online. There are many places where you can buy it. So it kind of makes you feel like you can get away with it in a sense. And who knows, maybe, maybe there's some benefits to it. Yeah. So, so that makes it kind of uh, acceptable or, or takes away some of the stigma or some of the concerns, but sort of lets people mm-hmm. try cannabis at some level. Yeah, exactly. It lets them, it lets them experiment, but I still do believe they're two very different markets. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, the CBD is really that you user profile is somebody that has a specific problem and they're looking for an alternative treatment or it's an additive in something that they're looking for some of those benefits for. You know, I've seen it in cosmetics where, you know, they claim that it helps to take away redness. So if you're a person suffering from rosacea, let's say, or Mm -hmm. you're, you know, your girl wears a lot of, you know, makeup and and it aggravates your face, you know, why not try something with CBD in it? Because because you you hear that it might take away redness. Yeah. Uh, the issue there is like we were talking about before is there's really no science behind any of it. There's no proven science. So, but it's accessible, so people are willing to give it a try. Where that that THC sort of you know cannabis market, that's a different person altogether. Yeah. They're not necessarily buying, you know, or hoping that marijuana gets legalized because they think it's going to help with their skin. They're doing it because they're they're regular users and mm-hmm. they you know, they they want to be able to buy it without having to jump through hoops. Yeah, yeah, and they're looking for the psychoactive effect, not just the exactly. the, the secondary exactly. effects. Right. So, if you're um, a CBD company in today's world in today's market, what are some of the strategies that you can use to help build the brand? Or I guess, what, I mean, strategically, what do you? So what strategically, would you be advising? If, yeah. So if I was if I was any CBD brand, yeah, what I would be doing right now is focusing on the proof. You've got to be able to prove what you say your product does. And it's very hard to do that without without having something in place at the point of origin. You know, like how could you what could you lean on? You can't really lean on anything. There is not a lot of testimonial other than, you know, you know, my uncle used something and it helped with his inflammation in his knee. You know, there's there's not a lot you can go on. So that's why I really feel like the difference for these companies and for the agencies that are servicing the companies is to really focus on quality and efficacy and be able to prove it. And the only way you can prove that is to have a standard in place. It can't just be by testimonials. You've got to have a standard in place that all of the drugs, that all the CBD products live by. That's got to start at the point, you know, of origin, like where things are grown, where the CBD is extracted, you know, what type of extraction method are they using? How much of it is actually going into a bottle? When you put it into a bottle, is there something in there that it's interacting with? You know, is yeah. is one oil better than the other? Is a gummy better than another? You know, there are so many different factors, but um, but there really has to be some standard put in place to evaluate that. Um, think of it also when, you, you know, you, you, you're close to New York, you go out to a restaurant, um, you know, years ago, they put that, that, uh, rating in place yeah, yeah. where before you might've walked into a, a ramen noodle place, you know, run by a guy who hasn't taken a shower in six months, but he makes the best damn ramen noodles on the block. Mm-hmm. You'll probably go in today. If you don't see any rating outside, you're not going in. 
because that standard is improving, you know, your safety. Yeah, I think, and I, I'm curious though because I think so. Some of this is a safety element, and then there's a uh, I don't know, kind of a review element. I mean, I, I, the letter scores on the restaurant from the Department of Health. You know, certainly if I see a C, I'm probably walking away. You know, yeah. a B. You know, I might do if it had really good Yelp reviews. <laughs> you know, yeah. and an A, I might not bother with if the Yelp reviews were kind of bad, right? So I think there's yeah. there's definitely there's a floor kind of element to the. Mm-hmm public safety side of it. Um, but one way or another, that standard has caused you to question where you wouldn't have questioned yes. before. Yes. So if I'm a CBD company, until these standards are put in place, I just, I have to deal with the Wild West dynamic or what? I, I you guess the Wild West. Yeah. Or you can, or you can um, get behind developing a standard, you yeah. know? So one of the things that we talk about in our agency is, is to actually be, begin to develop a standard. You know, I'm in a few different groups. One of them is a, you know, is, is a cannabis networking group, which is, is developing, you know, really nicely. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we talk about, you know, turning it into more of a standard. I mean, this is a group with lawyers and, you know, and scientists and people who are in the insurance business and marketers and accountants, but basically everyone is in the space. And I think, you know, at that level, you know, that professional level, people are, are driving towards something like this because, the business needs to advance and it needs this in place to do it. So it's, it's really, you're talking about a, a sort of a self-regulated or a self-defined, industry-defined standard as opposed to a government-defined standard. Like the FDA, obviously a government agency, they, yeah. would, they would do it one way versus a, something the industry puts together for themselves but agrees on. What, what would need to go into that? I'm just thinking through like what, you know, I can imagine the Department of Health, they have their checklist, right? They're, they're going through the restaurant and they're, they're analyzing a whole bunch of things. What goes into a checklist for a, sort of a, a CBD-focused set of standards? I mean, you mentioned the, uh, you know, where is it grown? You know, what, how, what chemicals and things like that are used on it or not used on it? How is it processed? You know, what's in the, what other components or what other chemicals are in the actual uh, end product? And are they, how are they interacting or what are the, what is the... Um, you know, amount of those, like what, what are the things that you see would need to go into a standard that would give us that kind of, yeah, that gold standard, that ability to be able to say what is in this, how has it been processed? What can the consumers expect in terms of the quality? Yeah. So uh, hard question to answer Yeah. Um, as, as I've never put together a standard before, that, <laughs> but, you know, where I would start that conversation is understanding the continuum of, uh, development from the time the, uh, the, product is grown to extraction, to processing, to, you know, bottling, to, you know, all the way out to distribution. So yeah. at every step of that, you know, of that process, there has to be a milestone check mark. And every one of those milestones need to have a standard applied to them. And that's what you would sort of report on. I think it's probably easier to develop the processing standards. What I mean by that is, you know, what percentage of CBD is in a product? Well, that's kind of easy to measure, yeah. right? Where is it grown? That's e- easy to measure. I think it's harder to talk about the science part of it. That's where I think, you know, uh, it would be a little bit more difficult to implement the standard because that requires research that happens outside of the processing timeline, yeah. right? That's where I think a lot of work has to be done. You can't make a claim on the the efficacy or the quality of a product unless you can prove what it's actually doing. And to do that, you need trials and you need, you know, you need candidates and you, you know, you need everything that you would normally need in any other pharmaceutical product. 
Yeah. And what, I mean, you mentioned at the top of the show here that, you know, we're dealing with well, one of the challenges because it's federally illegal or has been for so long that we can't use a lot of the things that are in place from the sort of pharmaceutical world in terms of being able to do this testing and the, the evaluations and uh, trials. What, um, I guess, what needs to change in terms of the laws or the structure for for us to really be able to use a, a more pharmaceutical approach to, to how it we evaluate these things. Legal. You know, it has to be legalized at the, at the federal level. That's, that's the only way that it will be um, sort of government sanctioned and you'll be able to use that level of research. Yeah. Um, there are some companies that have pushed the envelope. There is a currently a, a CBD-based drug in, in market right now. It's the, I believe it's the first um, CBD-based drug. It's for child-infant uh, epilepsy. Yeah. They've gone through the process. I mean, I think that's, um, that is a big open door you know, for people to research. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's been a pretty Herculean task, I know, on their part to actually make that happen, but they, they did get yeah. FDA approval. What about some of these other countries? I mean, in terms of, you know, doing this kind of stuff in Canada or Israel or Germany or, I mean, uh, some of these other governments I have legalized it. Mm -hmm. I think they're great places to look because they do seem to be a little bit more progressive in terms of what they accept. I think their, their process of, of evaluating products or, or any drug for that matter is, you know, is different than what we have here in the U.S. In the U.S., you know, we're clearly more more stringent on what we allow out there. The process is a little tougher, but I do think that looking outside of the U.S. is probably a good place to go. But again, it needs to be whatever the process is that gets developed needs to be formalized and sort of accepted across the board. And based on your pharmaceutical experience, how long does this stuff take? I mean, it was, so say we got, you know, some federal legalization passed and it started opening this stuff up. I mean, is this, you know, months, is this years? Like once we start doing this work, how long does it take to really well, sort of establish it? A new drug coming into market could literally take years to get approved. Yeah. And, you know, that because it goes through trial trials and then it goes through clinical trials and there are different phases of that. And then once it goes through all of those phases and it's finally approved, then you get a sort of a date where you're, you're legally allowed to begin talking about it. And then it's, it's always challenged and retested. And, you know, there's our process here in this country is actually very good at continuing to evaluate the safety and efficacy of a drug. One drug can come out and, you know, for and it can be indicated for something. Let's just say it's indicated for a headache, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere down the line, because there's so much research happening. They realize that with a slight adjustment, you know, that drug can also be indicated for something else. Well, you don't just sort of turn it on and say, hey, well, now you could use it for <laughs> depression because you could also, you know, headache and depression. It's got to go back through a whole round of testing and, you know. It's people's safety is is the main concern. Yeah. So I think it could literally take years. Yeah. Now I remember Viagra was I think originally a blood pressure medication or something, and then they then they realized it helped with erectile dysfunction. So you never know where these That's things are right. going to go. That's right. Yeah. So Bill, this was great. If people find out more about you about BMKD, what's the best way to get that information? The best way is to go to our website. It's bmkd.com. You can uh, email me directly at Bill at bmkdigital.com, or you can call us. And the number is 732-921-2972. We'd love to talk to anybody out there who is interested in this space. At, 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 you, know, you may have something in market that you're having a tough time 
branding or figuring out how to message around it, you know, we can help you with all that stuff. Awesome. I'll make sure that the link URL and the email address and the phone number are all in the show notes so people can get those off there. This has been a pleasure. I, this whole CBD space has been fascinating, you know, ever since the farm, farm bill passed and, uh, you know, everyone's talking about yep. HAP, everyone's talking about CBD. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a really exciting couple of years here as this develops. Probably also a crazy mm-hmm. couple of years, <laughs> but it will be interesting yeah, oh, yeah. and things will play out. So, but I really appreciate the time. This is a great conversation. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.